Hi, welcome to the Sacred You podcast. I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. I offer a look at spirituality in fresh and new ways and you can see more of my work at my website at rachelgoodwin.dk and the classes and sessions that I do. Ahu heia valea noi e kahaliku puakukui kuhia ho kanaia akapu kumoni nei pihikui kahima no ikahapili. Welcome everyone to the Sacred You podcast. Today we've got something slightly different because Sarah Richmond is interviewing me, Rachel Goodwin, today. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Rachel. How are you doing today? Well, all right, actually. Had quite a good day and I'm still, I'm all excited and happy to see you and to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's what we need, isn't it, in these difficult times? Oh, I know. I don't know what I would do without being able to talk to people over the internet. Really, I'd go mad. Absolutely. No, not far off it myself, but hanging on in there. (laughs) I don't know if you just wanted to introduce yourself a little bit before, you know, get get into talking about me. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I'm Sarah and I, uh, Sarah Richmond, and I, um, my day job is to work in uh, work in mental health, supporting people in their mental health recovery. And um, I like to say by night, <laughs> by day I do that, but by night, <laughs> under the cover of the moon, I explore the divine feminine. And um, I'm on a very, very deeply personal journey exploring uh, goddess myth, goddess mythology, and divine um spiritual divine feminine spirituality specifically and um i have a i have a um instagram page at the tiny temple and um that's where i share all my musings and uh it's really it's just my personal journey really with what i've been able to get emotionally spiritually um from diving into the divine feminine um i had a uh, I was my upbringing was a very sort of patriarchal Christian upbringing, and yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey exploring um, myself and just the role of woman in in that aspect of the divine, really, because it's not really spoken about in the Bible. No, I love your I love your Instagram page, the Tiny Temple. I think that's such a cool name for it. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. No, I guess because it is yeah it's just a little a little sacred space and um and, and that's what it's to encourage us to do really is that we can make a temple 
we don't even have to make a temple. We are the temple. Um, and, you know, we, wherever we are, whatever space we're in, our bedroom, in our gardens, there's always space for the divine and welcoming the divine into our lives. So it's it's about, um, and I think you you also um, encourages, encourage this through your work, is to really make spirituality every day um, and really, rather than something separate, it's something that's already within it's yeah. not somewhere we have to fly off to. It's, yeah, exactly. it's accessible. Yeah. Here, we just have to look in a different way. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we, how did we meet? We we met very, is, is the word symbiotic? We, we met, who knows? But it was about Glastonbury and it was on the Feast of Magdalene. I'd gone to Glastonbury on the Feast of Magdalene, a little bit of a personal uh, pilgrimage and... Um, and I came across your work. But previous to that, I'd had an experience, let's say, <laughs> where I felt connected by somebody called Sarah on the Feast of Magdalene. Well, that's quite appropriate, isn't it? And then come and, and then started searching the internet, thinking, who is this Sarah? Is it me? No, I know it's not me. And then came across your work, which just unfolded this, this amazing journey, really. And we've had some contact since and uh, done some work around <clears throat> Glastonbury, which has been fun. You were, you were and also, you were also my Zoom about... trainer, weren't you? You trained me on Zoom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very, yes, very, very helpfully, because I, d- I didn't know how to manage all the buttons and everything. And I had to do oh. calls. So she very helpfully trained me on Zoom. That was very, oh. very kind of you. But it's been really just an organic meeting, hasn't it? It's... Yeah. It, it's one of those beautiful things that can happen and, de- and it has probably happened as a result of lockdown really and and going inward a bit more and looking um for these connections outside of the traditional ways and I think that's possibly one of the benefits for me from lockdown is having that much more reflective journey going inward looking for answers just because life's not as busy there isn't as many distractions and so I think we do go on a a more reflective inward journey don't we yeah, I have to say I can't. I can't say that my life is not as busy. It's it's probably worse now. Is it <laughs> than it was? But um, yes. <clears throat> well, perhaps I'll tell you about that that later. Where should we start? Indeed, where should we start? So we had we've had a couple of phone calls, and um, I've been um had the luxury really of speaking to Rachel about her her journey, and I just wanted other people to hear really. Rachel's journey and so yeah so this is why we're doing this today really just to to kind of change the focus and and learn from you about your experiences and so I I think probably the best place to start is just to tell us where you're at now and what you know what are you doing what's your offer to the world what you know what in your here and now Mm. yes well define yourself if you like oh big question Let's see what. Oh, sorry, you're gonna have to <laughs> Let's, see. Let's see what comes to mind. Well, I've been having a having a sort of a, a deep think about this recently. Um, I've been working with um, a couple of other women who've been helping me, like try and work out, you know, what am I doing and how do I communicate that to people. Um, mm. So it is something I've been thinking about a lot. I mean, one thing that I can see quite clearly for myself is that I feel like I've got the role and I've, you know, taken up the role of being a bit of a torchbearer for Sarah. Yeah. Because 
you know, like when she she first sort of appeared to me 15 or so years ago, there was nothing about her. Yeah. Yet she felt so physically present with me. Yeah. And and you know, I wanted there to be some place where people could find her other than it just being not just obviously but other than it just being a spiritual experience I wanted it to be reflected in the world somehow because I I have to be really really honest I've never really gone into why I'm working with Sarah who she is to me all this that I just haven't and and I don't know if this is just sort of a bit of a, you know, because like I was a psychiatric nurse like like you are, and it's a bit of a pragmatic, oh, well, this needs doing, let's just get on with it, shall we? Yeah. And I am that sort of a person. And it's never, never, I don't know if I've never really wanted to find out or I just, you know, I'm just so busy getting on with things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really get, get into it. But um, she was there for me as someone and I just loved her (laughs) you know I mean I wasn't she wasn't someone who I believed in the first time and if I go back a little bit when my mother died when I was 26 that was when I sort of had my spiritual awakening because it was it was such a deeply kind of shocking experience for me that it kind of blew my energy body apart because I was a very deeply rational and skeptical person yeah yeah I'd been brought up to be a deeply rational and skeptical person and I didn't believe in spirit or any of that nonsense and I discounted all of my own you know experiences which it was quite a few but I dismissed them all as stupid or whatever in in some way and um but when my mum died it was it was so traumatic and upset him for me and she was so dear to me I couldn't yeah. dismiss it all because she was so obviously there just yeah. not in her body anymore and yeah. and I did these I did these Buddhist she had this she went sort of through a spiritual transformation before she passed and she was learning transcendental meditation and she was seeing a healer mm-hmm. She re-embraced the Catholic Church because she was yeah. she was from an Irish family who were Catholic. I wasn't brought up Catholic. She lost her faith when um, um, her first husband died when she was pregnant with my elder sister. But um, she went through all these things, and it was quite a shock for me because you know my yeah. family wasn't like that, you know. But um, she she opened up a lot of doorways for me just before she died and afterwards. So, you know, in one way it was one of the most tragic things that happened to me because I was only 26 and she had a misdiagnosed smear. And by the time, yeah, by the time she was, you know, discovered that she had cancer, it was too late. It was too late to treat her. And she sued the health authority and they admitted liability and gave money No, it doesn't it doesn't help <clears throat> didn't 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 bring her back no um but you know oh I sort of went round and round there went round in so many circles I can't remember what I was talking about now where was I <laughs> yeah well I think you're just talking about the um and there's something we found we had in common was that bereavement um and I'm sure other people can relate actually is the experience of bereavement and grief and loss can for some people be an opening a spiritual awakening 
And I think you were saying before that, you know, you'd been of a very rational mindset. And, and that's very our business, isn't it? Working as, um, you know, in a medical model um, is to be evidence based, rational. And, and a lot of the things that we talk about might be dismissed as, you know, being unstable. So it's yeah. I mean, this fascinates me about both of us, really, is how how we align both those sides of our of ourselves um well I don't have to but we'll anymore. go on to that later because <laughs> I don't work you don't have to anymore. That's <laughs> no I know you can, yeah. you can just go for it yeah. yeah so um so yeah going back to where we were you you were saying the the the, the death of your of your of your much beloved mum and um then you yeah then what did you did you start going uh reading or it was the healing it was the healing so the healing. But, I mean what, what, I mean, yeah, that's what opened me up was that I could sense her there. Her presence was yeah. just, it was so, and then I, you know, and then I had to sort of acknowledge to myself that I had a sensory capacity to sense people who no longer had a body, shall we say. Yeah. And I did, yeah. oh, that's what I was telling you. I did these, I did, there's a, there's some practices in the Tibetan book of the dead, which my yeah. mum had, she'd been reading this book and they're beautiful practices. And I was looking at this book because she'd underlined bits of it and written things in it and so it was a way of connecting oh, to wow. my mum to to look at this yeah. book and then I started seeing these practices and I just knew I had to do them and they're to help oh, wow. somebody pass over basically um and I did them and it worked <laughs> oh, <my laughs> and I goodness. can yeah I could feel it I could feel it I could feel it happening. And that is, I mean, that's another thing which... I've got goosebumps. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a thing. It's funny. I had a, I had like my natal chart when I was about done for me, when I was about 33, my astrology chart. And the woman in there, she was lovely. Um, I'm not sure she works so much now because she, she got quite poorly, but Sarah Jane Grace, a lady called Sarah Jane Grace did it for me. And she said in there that I have a gift for working with people who have passed over and that there was something that I would embrace, you know, at some point in my life. And I've never done it professionally, but for relatives of mine that have died or, you know, friends, relatives or whatever, because, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy working as a medium, shall we say, because I work too much in trance and it's like, with Sarah and angels and that having them sort of come into my body or whatever I'm quite happy about that because because they're lovely whereas other people it feels too invasive and I'm not happy so I don't do I don't do mediumship but people who have just passed over I find it very very easy to communicate with them I'm very comfortable with that and I know if they need help or if they're fine or um so so yeah so so it wasn't a coincidence that that was when I sort of awakened I think to my spiritual gift because I think it is yeah. part of what I've done a lot in past lives and this yeah. is, this is one of the things we've forgotten that it's our responsibility to yeah. do in our society is burying somebody is not enough <laughs> we have no. to no and it's massively stigmatized and the whole yeah we're not doing a good enough job are we um we have all the stuff in place for birth and midwifery and um you know that that kind of stuff and yet when it comes to passing over um it it needs its own rites and ceremonies and 
but perhaps we are you know ancestors were much more in touch with um but some people definitely seem to seem to have those gifts and be able to help that transition yeah um yeah I know there's a lovely lady uh, who does spiritual midwifery down in the southwest of England I, I looked several times to do her courses but I never got around to it. I can't remember her name but she's written books and and stuff and stuff like that but but this was something that I just seemed to be able to to do yeah you know so I keep hearing this word coming up a death doula yeah exactly interesting I'm a death hi my name's Rachel Goodwin and I'm a death I'm a death doula (laughs) that'd be a new one to shock and frighten people wouldn't it yeah that's great that's great so you work with Sarah Mm. tell us a bit about Sarah for anybody who might be listening and yeah who hasn't maybe listened to all your back catalogue or yeah 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 so at some point you know so after my mum died that sort of opened up you know me to sort of going all right you know perhaps I have got some sort of capability going on here but you know I wasn't sure if I was that keen on it um, <laughs> no I can imagine I can <laughs> imagine it was quite scary getting your chart done and being told you could it was a long yeah it was people. a long it was a long process it was a long process over many yeah, many, yeah. many years and and it took me many many years to fully accept and I think even now there's still parts of me that hasn't quite you know yeah got into it um but one of the things my mum told me before she died was that I was a healer and she told me this because Colin who she was seeing as yeah. a healer he I went I was I was training in Uxbridge as a nurse and she wrote to me because in the days where we used to write each other's letters this is yeah. <laughs> before the internet and it's um, very nostalgic doesn't it yeah that's sort of <laughs> showing that I'm 50 isn't it and um <laughs> and um she wrote to me and said oh you know she started seeing Colin because he's doing healing I was like what what who's this who's this Colin yeah, he's just taken advantage of my poor, ill mother. So I jumped on a train and off I went down to Kent to see what was what was going on. And I went round to meet him. I saw, I said to her, I want to come round and meet him. She was like, oh, OK. <laughs> and um, I went and rang on his doorbell and there was Colin in his Marks and Spencer's cardigan <laughs> answering, looking very harmless, answering the door, yeah. and quite friendly and ordinary and you know I mean my mum got a lot of benefit out of it it really helped with her back pain she had terrible terrible back pain yeah she got a sense of well-being from it it sort of you know it did it did so much for her yeah and she gave me a book on healing and you know and it went under my bed and gathered dust and then I gave it back to her and um, she was quite disappointed because up until that point, I'd be very good. She'd been giving me, she'd been kind of feeding me Louise yeah. Hayes and people like that. And I'd read them all and loved it. And she was like, I remember her face. She sort of looked all crushed. Oh, all right then. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read it. But then after she died, the the little voice on my shoulder wouldn't go away. And it kept going, learn to heal. Learn to heal. And and after a couple of years of this, I was like, oh bloody hell! All right then, and um, and that was the end of my nursing career. Actually, <laughs> that was what she did was training was training in healing because it opened me up so much that um, 
I couldn't I couldn't work I couldn't work in that yeah intense yeah. atmosphere anymore yeah. with a lot of people who were in a you know in a in a in a state of despair or chaos or whatever it was yeah. just psychically overwhelming for me and even though I try to do a lot of shielding and mirroring and protecting and it, I just couldn't cope I and I just yeah. broke down to be honest I just yeah. broke down in the end and I was burnt out anyway because I've been trying to rescue everybody for seven years you know well, it yeah like... and it's very common isn't it in the industry is that is yeah. the burnout yeah. we'd call it yeah burnout but yeah interesting that 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 you've got that sort of spiritual psychic um energy perspective of the burnout as well yeah definitely definitely so you get so you'd 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 given you'd you'd transition from a nursing career and you so what happened next well I think I I had a few months off. did you train yeah I had I had a few months off sick before I decided to resign and um I decided that I was just going to give myself some time and just find out what to do next, which is what I did. And yeah. I got led towards hypnotherapy and I trained as a, as a hypnotherapist. Um, I also got pregnant <laughs> around that time, but yeah. I think the, I think that, I think learning the healing came. Yeah. So the learning the healing came first and then that kind of finished my nursing career. And then Oh, what happened then? God, it's such a such a long time, such a long such a long time ago now. I do. Did remember... you do any sort of formal training or classes or? Yeah, well, I trained. I tried. I trained. So, so I got a book on healing by David Furlong. I think his name is, and he had loads of great exercises in there about healing. And I found that I could just do healing, and that it it just worked. But I was like, oh, I, you know, obviously being trained as a nurse and in the UK, we're very insurance conscious and you can't do anything (laughs) without some sort of qualification. So I went, oh, you know, well, I'll learn, I'll learn Reiki. Oh, that was it. So, yeah, so I was, before I did the Reiki, I was already practicing on people in my lunch break at work. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Giving them, giving them healing. And the goddess energies were starting to come through because the place where I worked I don't think it exists no it doesn't exist anymore I found out recently it was it was a women's service in Purley and um, Uh we were an alternative to um, acute inpatient care for women on the psychiatric wards yeah it was amazing yeah um, it, it had its time but they closed it down in the end because obviously it was cheaper I know it's yeah um, which is which is which is which is such a shame. But the woman who was running the place, she was a real visionary and psychotherapist. She was a, a nurse manager who trained as a psychotherapist as well. And she she had the, she got this like all these books and everything like with another vision for women. And one of them was a book of goddess stuff. Ah. yeah and and we photocopied we we called we called all the rooms after goddesses no way. yeah that's amazing is, I know and this is like the first oh time goodness. that really for me that I had goddesses I want to work somewhere like that because because yeah I know I know because like 
you know, the world we grow up in, I didn't even really know there were goddesses. I don't know about you, but no, it never was God. Yeah, God, God, God was God, and Jesus was Jesus, and there was nothing yeah. about anything divine. No, it was so completely absent. And so here we were, and I can remember sitting in the nurse's office, and there was a sofa there and some chairs, and it was me and the person I was working with, and I, th- I think she I think she was Indian. She was a lovely, lovely woman, and I said, "Oh, listen to this, listen to this. I love this one." And it was Quan Yin. And I started reading it out to her and it said the bit about, you know, Kuan Yin had this difficult life and all the rest of it. And her father did this and this happened and that happened and their suffering and all the rest of it. But the bit that really got me, I was reading out the whole story and I was saying to her and then Kuan Yin, you know, could have left. But as she was leaving and she was sort of going on to the higher dimensions, as it were, she heard the cries of the suffering. Yeah. And she couldn't bear it. So she turned back to help them and she went back. Yeah. And it made me cry. I was reading this out yeah. and I was crying. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm yeah. crying. Why am I crying? It was so, you know, it was really, really, I couldn't really understand it. Of course, I do now. <laughs> yeah. Back then, back then I, I, I didn't. So, but the bit I was going to tell you about, that's it. I sort of remember where I was going to now. So, you know, for a few years up the road after this, so I had a breakdown, I left nursing, went and trained as a hypnotherapist, and I did that part-time, and I also got pregnant and had a baby. And um, <laughs> As you do. Yeah, I trained as a priestess. I went on a, yeah, I did a ah, year, two years priestess course. And the same place where this was happening, there was a guy called Edwin Courtney, um who's a clever and you can you know he's he's on Instagram and I think he's very big on Instagram and you know he still teaches and everything in the UK and he was doing a workshop about ascended masters connecting to ascended masters so I was like oh give that a go off I went and and so we were doing different exercises and all the rest of it and the exercise was to sit down and open up to an ascended master who would approach you so I did that. And there was Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, it's Jesus. <laughs> I didn't want Jesus. I wanted Quan Yin or, yeah. you know, somebody uh, not Western that was female, preferably. And he said to me, I am not who you've been told I am. Wow. And actually his energy was lovely, but I was still a bit, I was a bit, still a bit anti-men in, in those, yeah, in those I days. Imagine. That was a real surprise. And then later on in the same workshop, I was connecting with who was called Lady Nada, but now I know her as Mary Magdalene. Right. Yeah. So in that first w- workshop, I, I, you know, totally got like both sides of the the Christ energy. I don't know what else to call it, really. I met mum and dad. I do I met mum and dad. <laughs> I was totally unimpressed. I was so unimpressed. It was yeah. Well, I know not with not with Mary Magdalene. I loved her. Loved Lady Nada, but with Jesus, you know, he's yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it just confronts all those um stereotypes and and the idea of Christianity that that's been, um, you know, pushed upon us, really. 
exactly um and I think exactly. that's really interesting that 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 what he said to you is I'm not who you think I am yeah that's really powerful yeah yeah and um, yeah. It's, right right now I am working a lot with the divine masculine because I still have some quite substantial blocks to it mm. you, you can't get away with that if you work with Sarah <laughs> it's going to catch you up and bite you on the bum sooner or later because yeah. of course you know she has these integrated energies of the divine Absolutely. masculine and feminine but you know at heart I have always been a divine feminine girl yeah yeah I, I agree because I think that for me in a personal sense it's about re- redefining the balance it's you know until I fully um acknowledge and step into the divine feminine it's going to be really difficult for me then to step into and have relationship and really explore and honor um divine masculine so it's a lot of self-healing first I think for a lot of women yeah um and I think that's okay and it doesn't really matter what phase or stage you're at and and I just think that's wonderful that that you're you know that you're there in your evolution yeah, 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 I guess so. I guess so. I'm sure Jung, Carl Jung would have a lot to say about it. But um going back to that divine feminine energy, it's been it's been so absent from our society. I think it is more there now than it yeah. has been, but even so, it's still, you know, it still needs more. So so I've loved like wrapping those goddess divine feminine energies around me that my soul is just knows and loves so deeply you know I've been a priestess so many times in in (laughs) past lives I mean I've also been you know I also remember lives as you know being a monk and nuns and you know I've sort of gone through I've gone through all the religions I think various lives feels like anyway yeah, I always find that interesting with past lives. I mean, I don't, I, I think I have, um, I haven't necessarily delved into that, but I definitely have deja vus or memories and and certain things come back to me. But I always find it interesting with other people when they tell you their past lives. They're always like really um, glamorous, aren't they? I mean, no one ever says, I was a slug. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were all pretty I mundane. I think we imagine other people talking about their past lives as glamorous, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure they are. I mean, it was, I have to say, it's one of the things that I found as a, because I, you know, trained as a hypnotherapist and I did past life regressions with people. I found them really boring. Well, no, that's good. That's what I like to hear. I so <laughs> didn't have the patience. I so yeah. didn't have the patience for it. But, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, at my core, I'm an energy healer. And you yeah. can clear this stuff up. Like, I, what I want to do is I want to get in there and heal stuff. Give me the trauma. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and I yeah. love kind of getting in there and helping that person, like, just find out ways of, like, reframing it or rebalancing it. And it's yeah. much quicker. <laughs> and it's yeah. much it's much more satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, most of my past life memories have come through spontaneously. And I trust them a lot more because of yeah. that because because I have done past life regressions and things like that but it's the stuff that comes up when I'm not asking it to you know that yeah. I really I really believe in but yeah I've had some funny I've had some funny times at the chalice well 
real grief sitting in Chaliswell Gardens and sobbing my heart out and feeling like it's Me about too. Jesus. Yeah, and sort of thinking... Me too, specifically about Jesus. That's really strange. Isn't it? Interesting. I know, because I, know, I, oh, yeah. I have one of my priestess initiations in the Chaliswell Gardens. So for me, it's such a goddess place. Yes. And yet, you know, the Holy Family seems to be in there, which is why that last Zoom call we did, you know, working with Sarah stuff was so interesting oh, for me God. because, yeah. you know, it's like I don't – I can feel it all there, but I don't actually know – so much about what it's about you know yeah I agree I agree and that's really interesting because that is the chalice well is where I felt I was sent to self-initiate and that I hadn't necessarily gone down a formal priestess training but just doing it on intuition and it was very clear that that's you have to go in there and and um almost baptize yourself for what of a better word which is incredibly funny when there's sort of people and tourists walking around and um, <laughs> <laughs> and the water was very cold and I, and I did it and it's really funny that two young young girls joined me um and I can't remember their names but I remember one of their names being really significant and that it was just so beautiful just such oh. a beautiful experience and then to have these lovely girls who probably got it in a way yeah um yeah. they were splashing water on each other and just having fun and yeah it's a, such a holy magical place isn't it totally Totally. But yeah, I really needed to do those two years of the course because I was still very much removed from that part of myself. I really needed help to be able to reclaim it. And I never could have done it. I never could have done it on my own. It wasn't like the healing. Like I didn't need to do those healing courses, but I could do it anyway. But they taught me a level of structure and protection, and that was really useful. But yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that's it. I think we all have different strengths and, and weaknesses. And yeah, I have, I have this very strong analytical mind that is yeah. very useful at certain times. Um, but other times, it, it's, it's a real pain in the arse because, you know, I just, yeah. <laughs> I needed to have world. a it just totally got in the way and and I yeah. had so many wonderful experiences we used to meet up once a month for Saturday and Sunday and I had so many wonderful experiences on there I couldn't deny it to myself that it yeah. was happening because I and that's it with me I you know I these days I'm much more open-minded than I used to be I'm not I don't have the same sense of cynicism because I've been proved wrong so many times now so what I do now is I approach the world with an open mind and I wait to see what my own sense is and my own experience and my own guidance is really yeah and that's and that's a really important thing, isn't it? That yeah. people have their own discernment and yeah. trust their own selves and their intuition. Exactly, um, exactly. Because that's what that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, which is what everyone should do, because you're the only person that knows when it's the right time for you to embrace something. Yeah. Anyway, and I and I get that with sacred sites. Like, if I yeah. go to a sacred site and I haven't been called there, nothing really happens. But if I go to a place where I've been called to, it's this really profound <laughs> initiation journey. Yeah. All these things happen and all the rest of it. And that's why, you know, we have to we have to do the things on our path at the right time in divine yeah. timing for us, not not to somebody else's agenda or what you think yeah. is the right thing. 
and and that can happen a lot on your spiritual journeys you sort of meet people or get involved in things and they just don't feel right or you just know this is there's something about this mm. I think it's important people listen to that don't you yeah absolutely and like like sometimes I've had books or something and I thought oh this is a load of rubbish and I've put yeah. it up on my shelf and then five years later it's just suddenly sparkled at me and gone and I've picked it up and I'm like oh my god oh my god this is amazing you know and it's about you know it's about you know where you are and yeah and all the rest of it ready to receive that information yeah absolutely yeah so yeah so so Jesus came first but then I actually (laughs) worked with Mary Magdalene a lot because I just felt totally at home with her and I also got initiated as a priestess of Sophia and okay Shekinah as well after, yeah so after tell us that. a little bit about Sophia energy and well yeah I mean it's one of those things that it's just very much a felt thing and like I've had dreams about Sophia and Isis as well and it was kind of like Sophia is she's like the key she's the thing at the center of it and Sarah is actually very connected to her as well yeah but as a goddess I find her like my my logical mind won't allow me to get hold of her I try but it's like no and like all of sometimes I read things that other people have written like oh yeah that's it that's it yeah yeah but like now like wanting to talk about her my mind just goes I I can't say any words it's like yeah it's really strange so Sophia um from what from what I understand is from the uh Gnostic um traditions that it's it's a female aspect of God yeah yeah you know of the ultimate the and uh that 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 seems to be why we can't necessarily get our head completely around it whereas some of the goddesses have really human characteristics yeah. um <clears throat> and archetypes so we can more identify with um whereas the kind of idea of of the source yeah is often quite difficult to to get your head around isn't it because it's just it's infinity it's it's so expansive it's it's a place um yeah that that is very precious and I mean I don't think we often connect to Mm. or we have to go through many many layers to connect to Mm. so so okay so you were you were initiated as a priestess of Sophia Mm. you're working with Mary Magdalene yeah and and somewhere I know somewhere I think before I got initiated as a priestess of Sophia I went to Hawaii and that was a huge spiritual awakening for me. So I'd done, I'd done like, I'd done like a two-year priest, priestess of the goddess thing. So I was firmly on my priestess path there. And um, Josh, who's my eldest, he was quite little. He was about three or something. But for, but for some reason, Joshua's dad. There used to be there used to be um, a spiritual book magazine called Cygnus, and again, I don't think that exists anymore. And they were in Wales, 
And they would send through a magazine once a month with all the new spiritual books and people could advertise in the back. And in the back, there was this little advert for a dolphin goddess retreat in Hawaii. And Mark picked it up and and said to me, why don't you go? Because I've always been dolphin crazy since I was a kid. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. It's too much money. How are you managed without me? Joshua is only, I don't know, when should I go? 2005. He would have been two or three. Yeah. And he was like, we'll be fine. You can go. Yeah. There's enough money. You know, why don't you do it? And I was just like, I was almost like horrified that he was suggesting it because it was just. <laughs> yeah, seemed... it's quite a big deal, isn't it? When, you, when you've got a two-year-old, it's, it is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And also the money as well. You know, yeah. so it was quite a lot to it was quite a lot to pay out, but I couldn't, I couldn't like get rid of it because of course I, I absolutely wanted to go, but Hawaii was never somewhere I'd been a, drawn to. I'd never felt like oh I want to go to Hawaii, but it was the dolphins, the dolphin with the thing and the, the goddess and the goddess thing. It was like, <gasps> but I could just feel this energy. So so off I went, and of course they were fine without me. And, um, but oh, Joshua, bless his cotton socks. He was fine all the time I was away. And then when I got back and he saw me at the airport, he started crying his eyes out because he realized how much he'd miss me. He was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Little kids are in the now, aren't they? They don't sort of remember. Yeah. At all. yeah, but oh, it was beautiful. I went to the big island. In Hawaii, what did you, um, who did you connect with in, in Hawaii? Pele yeah totally so tell us a little bit about the goddess Pele for anyone who doesn't doesn't know so so the Hawaiian chain of islands are created by a volcano and it's lava that flows up you know right out of the ground and just solidifies itself it's also thought to be the top of Lemuria Mm -hmm. there's a lot of land mass under there that people believe were once you know that I the, the where Lemuria was, and it is just I love the whole energy of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. It's just absolutely, you know, I would marry it if I could. I would marry <laughs> the Pacific Ocean. It's just, but I mean, when oh. I I landed in, on the Big Island in the middle of the night, I couldn't see anything, and as soon as the plane touched ground, I was just in a state of bliss. I mean, I was in a state of grace the whole time I think it was two and a half weeks and I was just like the energy there I just felt like I've come home you know and it doesn't feel like home yeah and it's so divine feminine that energy it's just absolutely just just gorgeous and yeah we did we did things like we went swimming with the dolphins and we walked Mm. along the coast to where the lava is coming out and we did um ceremonies on the beach and I had so many amazing experiences there. And I had a reading um, before I went there with a lovely woman called Diana Summer, who was the one who did the first two years priestess training with me. And she said to me, this is going to be the foundation of all of the rest of your work. And it was, it really was because Pele, I mean, I wrote out this list, Sarah. It's so funny. So part of the ceremony was write write out all the things that you want to get rid of. 
So I had like pages, do you know what I mean? Pages yeah, and pages of stuff. I was like, I had no sense of caution or that I was going to have to process all of this or anything. I just went for it, everything possible. Well, my issues with food, self-sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> it was all it was all on there. And then we, you know, we burned it on the on the lava, on the lava rocks. And, um, you know, I didn't think much more about it. And then when we got home, um, after I got home, I had, it was, you know, it was, I was really, I was really um, affected strongly by jet lag. It's the first time I'd sort of flown that far. And it really kind of pulled me out of my body and put me back in upside down. Took me weeks to get over it. Yeah. And so I was not feeling quite myself, to put it mildly. But but what again it was quite cold when I got back. I think I went in February or March. I can't remember now. But I remember we had we had an old, you know, like fireplace and there was a fire, a coal fire in the hearth. And I was looking at it and it was time to go to bed. And I could suddenly see Pele looking at me out of his fire, which was a bit of a shock. I was like, what? I could see this like old woman, because you know how coal fires, they're sort of black and then there's this, yeah. green, this ash. She was so, it was so Pele. And off I went to bed and I lay down in bed and suddenly Pele's energy just like entered into me, like just yeah. like that. I was like, fuck, what? yeah. what's going on? she's come back with me yeah <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah, yeah totally totally <laughs> I was like really shocked because I didn't know that could happen you know yeah and um and then and then the next two two three years mm. after that I spent clearing basically I was yeah. clearing clear it was all my fault, fault for writing down all that stuff on the beach yeah 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 I used to use something called Z point that was really good. You made all these clearing statements. I used to do that and I used to do loads of self-hypnosis and working oh, wow. with staff and, you know, because I was trained in a lot of counselling and also sort of, you know, NLP and also healing. And so I used all of it. I just spent, yeah, a couple of years just sitting and clearing and clear. I'm working with the violet flame. I've always been a violet flame fanatic. Yeah. That's the first thing I ever worked with actually was the violet flame. And um, yeah, that was life. Clearing, 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 clearing. And circling back on the violet flame, is that something that is connected to Quan Yin? Is that is that? I don't know, but I found it. I found it in quite a lot of different esoteric systems that I've come across. Yeah. And I think you know, it's it's just it's. I've I've seen it described as an energy that belongs to the earth. Um, but I think I think yeah. all all spiritual beings, once they get to a certain point, they all have their own vibration of the violet flame. Yeah, I did have a memory once um, in the shower. I was suddenly <laughs> something about water just gives me spontaneous sort of spiritual connection. Yeah. And I had this sudden memory of being a priest in Atlantis and all the fields were collapsing. And I was a yeah. priest of the violet flame. And it was a it was a really traumatic memory because literally everything like energetically was falling yeah. was falling to pieces you know at the, at, at the end and I know it was a big it was a big thing in in Atlantis um, yeah the violet flame yeah but yeah I don't yeah I'm sure Quan Yin I'm sure it's there in with Quan Yin as well why do you get that yeah. feeling yeah 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 definitely 
Yeah, and that, that is really, really big in your work, the, the work that I've come across that you do and been you know, I had the privilege to be to be a part of your your sessions, which are just incredible. So I would really encourage people to um, and and how. So if if someone is like just at this point, someone wants to get stuck in there and, and get immersed, how how would they do that? Have you got trainings coming up? I know I did a Zoom, yeah, a Zoom healing with you. Yeah. It was just I didn't know anyone on there, but it didn't really matter. It felt very inclusive and not, yeah. not at all scary. I will say relaxed yeah 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 that's it and and we're all part you know all of us that have come on and work like that we're all part of something and you can feel it do you know what I mean it's like it's like we're all all part of some sort of energetic species that all recognizes each other you know yeah 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 does it matter where people are in their journey can they just sort of I don't think so I think I think if they feel if they feel that then that's the you know, in whatever way that is, that's the, that's the sign to respond to. But yeah, I mean, I have a website, rachelgoodwin.dk, because I'm in Denmark, and I have a, on one of the headings is classes on there. And I have all the classes that I've done on there. Um, So you can go back and, and, and do them. And um, I've got violet flame classes on there. And that violet flame zoom call is still on there, because it's such a deep attunement. It's such a powerful work. People can still like do it now like oh, retrospectively yeah. you know and um, I'm going to plan another one in May actually and I will advise people who've not done that violet flight flame one to go back and do it because I think it's such a good grounding yeah to do to do the next level and the reason why I'm so obsessed with the violet flame is because the earth is carrying so much dense energy from the centuries and eons of humanity not being in right relationship with the world and you know I'm not into like feeling like we should all feel bad about this things have been as they have been there's been a process going on and we're at the point now where we suddenly wake up and go oh we better clear all that dense stuff up haven't we and that's part of us coming into our mastery and realizing how powerful we are and yeah. you know Sarah is here to sort of give us these um tools but yeah I mean there's so much to do beyond the violet flame but at the moment we ha- you you can't you can't jump ahead you've got to clean up you've got to clean up first it's like you know if you're a witch and you're casting spells the first thing you have to do is clean the space that you're going to work in you can't work in a dirty room full of clutter well you can but you shouldn't (laughs) not if you want to do not if you want not advisable yeah not if you want to do good clean powerful magic and you know it's the same it's the same with us it's the same with the earth yeah yeah that's really interesting so yeah so that that the the one that um I was part of was uh at Glastonbury mm. focusing on mm. the orchard in Glastonbury yeah. by the Glastonbury tour I uh, really would recommend you go and listen to that one because that was just incredible to be part of it so I'm sure it's just as incredible to to listen back and tap into those energies and you did actually use Pele's yeah. fire as a as a protection casting a protection circle and um and what I found really amusing was actually not too long after that I saw the news that Pele had erupted again I just yes. thought that was funny yes exactly exactly it was active again and uh, I think yeah. we definitely needed some Pele energy with everything that's going on yeah 
um, yeah. in the world, you know, on a, on a material level, on an environmental level, on a political level. Um, I think we're seeing the the growing pains, aren't we? Is that, I mean, that's Absolutely. how I, yeah, I yeah. That's it. a really good way to put it, Sarah. Growing pains is absolutely it. And yeah, um, she's still, a, she's, Kilauea is still erupting. And, um, you know, it has erupted, erupted on and off for, you know, I don't know, hundreds of years now. And yeah. it's really interesting to see the different phases that she goes through. But when I was yeah. there standing, um, because the, 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 the volcano on the Big Island is massive, you, you, you know, there's certain points where you shouldn't live because they're dangerous. Um, but a lot of people, it covers such a huge part of the island. A lot of it is the volcano on, on the Big Island and you can live on it quite live on it quite safely but when I was there and because you have like all the sulfur and that coming out of the ground it is the most purest gorgeous earth energy I've ever come across and it is like the new earth so when 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 you know the lava is flowing it's like she's birthing more new earth energies for us and the the ascension grid around Hawaii is just the most cleanest and perfect and and it's original state out of anywhere that I've ever seen on the earth and I think that's the Pacific and Pele sort of between them and also also the energy grid that the Hawaiian people are holding there as well incredible so was it when you were in going back to when you were in Hawaii and you were doing your retreat there was this the first point that you for want of a better word channeled Sarah or had a visitation or how it was after I got after after I got back because I had you know quite a few experiences there. Like there was one place it was called the place of sanctuary, where it was like just over the sea. It was like there was this almost like <laughs> oh god, what was that program when we were kids? And they used to have a round window and a square window. And you would look through the window. Do you remember that? Or perhaps, perhaps, yeah. perhaps. Oh God, it's not. It's not Andy Pandy. Oh God, I remember it. Yeah, let's go through the square window, the round. Yeah, window. it was like that. There was this <laughs> circle above the ocean, and it was like the god. It was like a direct portal to the goddess. And we did this ceremony there, and one of the women. Well, there was a woman that we met called Connie who was lovely and she was playing like crystal bowls and oh it was just and I did a bit of singing and all the turtles were like watching us and it was just it was just incredible but I knew I was connecting to different like vortexes and portals and things like that even though like I didn't even really know what they were I just knew they were and when I came back I was like oh I have to share this with other people because one of the things that I've realized that I can do is like electromagnetically, I can connect other people up to these things. So through my connection, I can assist other people and also connect into it because all of these places have gatekeepers. You can't just go there and connect up to them. You have to be at a certain point 
of development. I, I mean, I don't want to sound like I think I'm better than everybody else. It's not that, but I have, yeah. you know, things and so do other people like from past lives and, and to get that connection yourself, you'd have to live there, work there, work really hard to connect. So I can connect somebody up in a, you know, like seconds yeah. in a way that would otherwise take them a really long time to do it. So when I came back, I ran a six week course. I think it was possibly called the power of Pele. <laughs> Yeah, where we connected to these different things, and every week I would open up and channel a different Hawaiian deity or goddess. I think they were mainly goddesses, to be honest. And um, and on the last one, Sarah came through, and it was at the place of sanctuary where this like divine window, the round window, had yeah. been. <laughs> and and it was all about love. She gave this channeling that was all about love. Love is the key. And, and you know, I was a bit shocked because before this point, she wasn't someone I'd believed in or even been really interested in, to be yeah. honest. Because, like, you know, I was quite rejecting of Christianity and anything to do with it, to be honest. It was like, you know, that's that's not what – I didn't want to go back to that. I wanted to sort of leave that in a box somewhere and just ignore it, like the patriarchy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like – Yeah, yeah. Of, full of full of irritation about it yeah um so it was quite a shock to me that that she turned up and then you know because I I with Jesus and Mary Magdalene I when they turn up I see them as colors Yeshua is yellow Mary Magdalene <laughs> is bright pink and Sarah is this really vibrant green yeah and so I had this vibrant green color and then when I went home I went to bed and shut my eyes and it this vibrant green was still there <laughs> and it didn't go away she just sort of you know she just sort of moved in <laughs> I love that yeah and then so I went through another phase then of sort of having another breakdown <laughs> with it all because I really thought I'd lost it I really That's thought I'd, yeah I really thought I'd lost the plot because she was kind of grounding her wow. energy down through me and as she was doing that I was getting her memories <laughs> and her emotions and you know and I think what we have to remember is when Jesus and Mary Magdalene and Sarah when they were here living a human life they were human yeah. beings with human yeah. feelings and they went through a lot of effing yeah. trauma I mean a lot of it yeah you know they did not have an, an easy time and don't think because you're connected to the divine that means that you don't suffer grief and rage and because you do you know um so I went through a lot of stuff really because like years before yeah so like the this is the whole interesting thing about psychiatry isn't it and how you know we decide people whether someone's schizophrenic or not or whatever yeah, but yeah. um I had a, I had a vision like yeah I'd had a vision years before where I thought I was losing it when I was I don't know 20 in my late 20s yeah. that I was going to get pregnant with my eldest son and I think it was Archangel Gabriel came along and told me yeah. about him and told me what he was going to be like and this was before I was even before I was even pregnant and I remember like I was in shock after I like looking in the mirror going Oh God, I've really lost it now. I've really lost it now. Oh yeah. no. You know, I really thought I really, you know, was worried I, I was having a psychotic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Understandably. I think that's I mean that's that's a it's such an interesting um 
precarious balance, isn't it, between um, insanity and and enlightenment? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, um, you know, many healers and many sort of awake, consciously awake, spiritual, oh, everyday human beings. Everyone, let's not let's not create divide everybody goes through don't they is how to make sense of some of these experiences which are unexplainable yet and I always say yet um but I I think it's very much our upbringing and our our social conditioning and it's we're still very rooted in scientific because we don't have ways necessarily yet to explain things like telepathy and and all those all that phenomena we all experience this dream dream you know all the ways that we're all existing we do we just park it and say oh that was just a dream or that was funny or that was weird or you know that wasn't a vision that was just my imagination yeah yeah until you want to kind of follow the string if you like yeah but um i mean mean, it's helpful to just have an open mind about it don't you think i mean totally yeah like who, who are we to tell someone else what their reality is Oh, I know. I know. Well, actually, I mean, that was a really useful thing that they 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 taught in in the, the training that I did was when you're working with with people with mental health issues, you don't confirm what they're experiencing. You don't deny it. You're just with it, basically. You just you just allow exactly. it, and you don't you don't like compound it yeah. by saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, I think Jesus is there" or whatever. You just you just allow them to be who that is an acceptance, and and that has been really really useful in my yeah. in my work actually. I, I'm, and I've kind of, but in 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 another way, I've had to, like, and this is what's been quite good, like doing the podcast and broadcasting stuff, is to realise that I need to express an opinion now, <laughs> because for so yeah. many years I've been sort of doing this very kind of you know psychotherapeutic thing of just being with things and not really putting my own um imprint on things now I'm learning like yeah maybe I maybe the things I think have some value (laughs) yes (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah yeah that's another step isn't it Mm. and that's scary right that's a, a scary one to cross cross over well yeah I sort of feel like I'm getting into my chrondom now. So, you know. Yeah. Dan- Danish, sure. Danish crones are very into expressing themselves to the extreme. Yeah. I've sort of like got really annoyed with it at first. And then after a while, I thought perhaps I could learn something from this. Yeah. Perhaps there's something I need to be harnessing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I've embraced yeah. it. I've embraced it. Yeah, rather. brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, there are times you have to, um, I can't think of the old expression, but you tie your colours to the mast, is that it? (laughs) And just say that this is... Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's a question I wanted to ask you, and it might seem a bit odd and and disjointed, but I wanted to ask you about um, your experiences as a child. Did you have any sort of experiences as a, as a child in terms of phenomena or fairies or yeah yeah I like did spirituality now yeah I did I did but I mean to sort of put it to put it in concept to put it in context I did not have a particularly happy childhood my my family as a whole was quite stressed um yeah 
And so it was quite a difficult atmosphere because I'm so empathic. It was quite a difficult atmosphere for me mm. to grow up in, especially because I've now I realise why. But like there was always something in me going, it's not supposed to be like this. It's, you know, and I'd be so upset and disturbed yeah. and angry because I, I could feel how it was supposed to be. And, yeah. and I still have, you know, I still have that, you know, right at the center of myself. And I realize now that it's the new earth, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm much happier now because I'm much closer to that reality than I was when I was a child. But um, so, I mean, you know, like. Where did you find solace then? Where did where did you go? And Reading. Did you go to books? Or? Reading. I read books. Yeah. I read books. I mean, I was living in the middle of a town on a in a little town down on the coast of Kent, in the in the, in the UK, and I loved fantasy. I just you know I just read constantly. I mean, I could read a book in a night. You know, I, I was also a very imaginative child. Um, you know, I used to like pretend I was suddenly in the 1800s or, you know, something like that. <laughs> I mean, most I would say, you know, so I had a lot of empathic impressions of things when I was a kid. I knew how people were feeling. I knew what was going on. And I used to get into a lot of trouble for being a truth yeah. teller because people didn't want to hear yeah. things being spoken aloud in my family. Everything was sort of no one talks about anything. You weren't allowed to say anything. No one was allowed to be upset or angry. You know, things were just so repressed. And that was sort of like how the family system coped because they, they didn't know, they didn't know how to be any other way, you know, and I, I spent quite a few years in therapy yeah, <laughs> to sort of learn how to express my feelings. And, you know, it really helped me going into psychiatric nursing because I learned like, oh, so now you need to go and see a counsellor to learn these skills if you don't have them. And I did, yeah. you know, I trained quite a lot in group psychotherapy. And, you know, I just, it was brilliant for me to be able to observe other people and yeah. see, oh, this is really dysfunctional. And, oh, this is like being at home. <laughs> this is not normal. Because, of course, you know, like many people I was told, you have a happy childhood, you have a normal life, everything is fine. And that sort yeah. of disparity of reality was really, you know, yeah, caused me a lot of mental stress. And, you know, I would feel like I was mad because it didn't feel, you know, it yeah. didn't feel okay to me. But I mean, you know, I would, the sort of things that sort of come to me that I remember for like from when I was a kid, like, my dad had a car accident when I was about seven, really, really serious car accident. And and the time he had it, I was sitting, working, doing some homework on the kitchen table. And I thought I heard the phone ring and I thought, oh, that's my dad. And then actually the phone wasn't ringing. <laughs> and he'd, uh, he'd had yeah. this huge car accident coming out of yeah. Dover Harbour because he worked for Sealink as an engineer on the boats. And he, he was really badly smashed up and was taken away by air ambulance. And that was the time that I thought he was ringing up. So things like that, you know, I just knew, yeah. I just knew things and I would have dreams and someone dying and then they die. And, yeah, you know, but it, it was all, I, I managed to dismiss it all as being silly or imagining it or, you know, yeah. 
all, all the rest. Of it. There was one time, and I was saying it to somebody else. I don't know if it was one of the other podcasts I was doing it, but I was saying to someone about. I remember one time where I just cried and cried and cried in my bedroom for so long. I was just exhausted that I think I must have almost been like out of my body because, you know, like when you're really distressed, you're not really grounded, are you? And 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 Jesus was uh, at the foot of my bed with two other people and I could just feel them and they made me feel so much better. But of course, you know, I said to myself, oh, my God, you know, I've really done it this time, driving, my, getting myself so upset. Now, now I'm imagining Jesus is sitting at the, you know, I didn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe that was really happening to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I had like a, a sort of a experience. I don't, I don't quite know how to label it, really. But when I was about eight, being really distressed and seeing Jesus on the ceiling, and he had a, a white robes and a pur- such this purple sash. Mm. Uh, just remember that the white robes and the purple sash, and it was just such a vibrant color of purple, and just feeling really like warm and safe, and and then just dismiss. You know, I laugh about it. I always saw Jesus on the ceiling. You know, it's it's funny, isn't it? How we yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. how how connected yeah. we are as children yeah and then how we look back on those experiences and do we dismiss them or do we actually think oh yeah and in, in, a, in, a, in a different culture they would have been welcomed and embraced and you know yes take, taken into the fold of the community and we would have been recognized for the people in the tribe who can have these sort of experience and we would have been made use of and and acknowledged yeah. and Hopefully this is this is something that we're moving back towards now so that people like us are not ridiculed, yeah. but actually, oh, you yeah. have a purpose. <laughs> you can yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. And I know for, for women as well, there's there's so much ancestral trauma around mm. acknowledging these gifts and these experiences. I keep calling them experiences. Um that that would get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, now you, I mean, yes, you can be labeled crazy. I think that's, you know, replaced being burnt as a witch. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. That's but, it. And yeah, I'm one of know, my, one of my sessions I had um, with, with Edwin because Edwin Courtney sort of helped me get some of my sanity back when, when Sarah was sort of like, you know, yeah, like embodying her energy through me, shall we say. And yeah. he helped me um, sort of get some perspective and understanding. But in one of the, one of the sessions he did with me, he told me that yeah, in a fairly recent life, I was institutionalised as a patient in a in, like a Victorian psychiatric yeah. hospital, and that made a lot of sense to me because I I used to yeah. get really upset about patients who were being mistreated, and when the Mental Health Act, yeah. I went and worked at a private hospital, and the mental health act was being used in ways that I didn't think was right. And one of the things was that when someone was on observations, they used to keep them in their night clothes. Yeah. And I said, you can't do this. This is, you know, that's, that's, you know, humiliating for that person to have to go around the ward in their nighty all the time, because, you know, like maybe people don't realize, but on psychiatric wards, everyone wears normal clothes, including the nursing staff, because people aren't sick. 
like in in an infectious yeah. way you know they're physically you know generally okay and 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 the nurse manager who was a guy thought I was being unstable because I burst into tears yeah I was so upset because he was like no this is the way we do and I was like you can't this is draconian you can't treat and they used to use um electroconvulsive therapy on anorexic girls who I mean you know ECT has its place I've seen it do miraculous things with some manic psychotic patients but they used to use it for neurotic illnesses unnecessarily and I used to get and they had people on so many drugs and this was a place that was charging I don't know I think it was three thousand pounds a night or something and I used to go around in a rage and (laughs) fight with doctors and because I was really against the medical model actually I was like no I'm a nurse we have our own body of knowledge and and all these things and and doctors used to hide I bet you were great I was great <laughs> I completely exhausted myself but yeah, yeah doctors used to hide from me you know like when yeah. they saw me come in and they were the, and there was me on my tiny little salary while they were getting these huge salaries yeah, for yeah. noughts you know but when I left when I left this nurse manager who had been so sort of like derisory towards me he he had by this time realized that I was actually really really good at my job and he was like offering me all these courses and I'll give you this if you stay and yeah. I'll give it and I was like no you know I don't, I don't want to work I don't want to work under the medical model and off I went to the women's service where we were a nurse-led unit we had no yeah. doctors on site um we had a you know psychiatrist who would come around once a week and do her ward ward round but we assessed patients we decided who was admitted and it was great. I mean, but I have to say, Sarah, that brought its own problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> There's something about nurses and doctors working together that actually balance each other up that I've come to appreciate. Yeah. Now. But the thing is, neither one or the other should sort of be overpowering the other. It's It has to be an equal relationship. And then it works, I think. Then it works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, mental health has definitely got a very dark history, hasn't it? Um, in terms of oppressing people, and um, it's yeah, it's, it's it's something that I've had to confront in 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 my work, and really go back and study the history, um, and really try to come to terms with what it is I'm doing and what I'm part of, um, which is an ongoing journey, really. Um, but yeah, I think if if I if I definitely acknowledge that uh, ancestral trauma around treatment of women and um what you know potentially like you say in a different culture would be gifts so I think it's still even now today it's still very brave uh to stand out and say these are my gifts um even in today's mo- where we are now in 2021 it's I think it's still heroic um I mean, in, in a way, I feel like, yeah, it, it doesn't feel, so, it doesn't salute you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It doesn't, it doesn't feel so hard for me now because I suppose <laughs> I surround myself with people who, if not, you know, agreeable, don't, you know, sort of make me suffer for it. Generally, yeah. people have an acceptance for, for, for who I am that are in my life. So I don't have to, you know, yeah. go through a, a lot of stuff. Um, I keep all the comments yeah. turned off on YouTube videos because 
there's a lot of there's a lot of trolls on YouTube yeah. for whatever reason, and a lot of my work is invisible to people. Yeah. But every now and then, you know, I get I get sort of hate mail and insulted. But it's usually more about the religion thing. Like people feel like working with Sarah is like I'm taking advantage of p- weak people who will you know get turned by some sort of cult or something like that. And I just think. God, it's so far from that. But you can't explain. If people aren't sensitive enough to understand the energies, you can't really explain it to them. Yeah. Because they're coming from a different mindset. And how can you talk that language to them if they don't understand vibration and energy? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I I mean, I have to say on this note, if anybody is worried about that, who might be listening, um, Rachel is like genuinely one of the most authentic people. I think I've come across in like the sort of spiritual world, really, really down to earth. And uh, that's what I, I, I really like about you. You know, what you see is what you get and you are, you're so connected to your human experience. You're not unapproachable or completely out there or, you know, make anyone feel any less than. And, um, um, and for me, that's really engaging. Um, And I think it's, it's, you know, we do have to be cautious, don't we? Because there are people out there um, who are offering spiritual services and doing things that, you know, we have to use our discernment. Um, so it's got to feel right for you, hasn't yeah. it? It's got to feel yeah. a right fit, just like exactly the same as making friends, going out there, meeting people, the vibes that you get, you know, just got to listen to those. Yeah. Just on on that note, I was I was reading an article the other day, and it said possibly we choose our friends on their brainwave patterns. It was a research Ooh. study that had seen that people who are friends together have similarities in their brain patterns, and I was like, oh, "That's fascinating! Wow, isn't that amazing?" It's like, yeah. and they can see that. I love it. I just love it. Well, yeah. I mean, going back to like the the idea of things that we can't necessarily prove yet. Yeah. I think that. There will be a lot of answers in science for a lot of experiences that we have, which maybe aren't explainable yet. So um, I I wanted to ask you, what what would be your sort of key messages for people through everything you've learned, your journey? I mean, there's a lot for me just to consolidate, a lot about you cleaning house. Yeah. So I suppose, like, if I go back to that thing I was saying about, like, when I was a kid, I had this... I had this image inside of myself of where we should be and it was so far from like my experience of life of where I was as a kid and you know but now as I've got older the energies on the planet have actually lifted a lot since 1970 when I was born and you know I kind of know that experientially inside myself because I experience energy as an energy reader and You know, so I still have this vision of the new earth. So I kind of know, I feel, where we're going. And Sarah, I mean, I've we call her Ascended Master Sarah to put her in a context for people. But she's not Ascended Master Sarah in my mind. She's Sarah. Yeah. She is yeah. a teacher and a mentor for the new age. And she very much walks by our side. She's not there to tell us what to do. Yeah. So if I ask her for guidance, 
on very rare occasions she said direct things like do it on Sunday or whatever (laughs) but but most of the time what she does is she deals with the part of me that needs to be helped so like if I don't know what to do it's because there's some fear in the way so she's very very like with me anyway she's very psychological in the way that she works she's a bit like to me she's a bit like um a psychotherapist you know for free (laughs) and and you know and I think this is but this is how she's she's come to show us how to do it ourselves she's for people who want a mentor she's not for people who want a guide that's going to go right and now do this and now and now do that and I she's just so amazing at helping us go towards the new earth and this year so I saw on someone's post on Facebook but you know my memory is not great but it was an astrology thing that said there's loads of connections in 2021 about the Aquarius thing which is sort of connecting to the whole new earth thing and I just lit up when I read it because like last year I mean it's you know there's so much difficulty around covid and everything that's happened but for myself energetically I totally came online it was like I know what I'm doing now all of the social constraints just fell away I don't care because Mm -hmm. from what I see the world really needs me and all of us right now and I've just lost all of my inhibitions and I just feel like right now yeah. all of my energy is just going where it needs to be and I think this is because Sarah has really years like I've been working with her for 15 years but a lot yeah. of that was like a mirror image it was like when you throw a stone in the water and the ripples go out so it was like yeah. her energy was coming back through time and I always knew this I always said this to people yeah and now she is nearly 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 here a hundred percent she's still not quite we've got to ground her energies a bit more but you know if you're working with the new earth or whatever she has so much to give I mean so much to offer she's just so blinking useful it's untrue (laughs) yeah yeah so I suppose how much is is Rachel how much what percentage wise well, I mean, of course, you know. As a, how, how do you as marry a, that together? How do you? Yeah, I mean, as a as a as a channel and a, a healer, she's coming through my lens. So obviously, the way I'm teaching about her is, you know, coming through the color of 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 Rachel. So everything I say about Sarah, there's going to yeah. be, you know, parts That's what of I like. me. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> I've <she's> chosen you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I still don't, I still don't really know, you know, what that's why. <laughs> but I, but what I mean, one of the things I do know is, you know, I'm not the only, I'm not the only one. There's, she holds a certain archetypal energy of the divine, and like yeah. I see it as this very vibrant green color, yeah. and he has woven in and out of other religions, and it's been like quite down. Like if you imagine it as a thread, like in a weave of a tapestry and it's going up and down it's been very far down in the collective unconscious and now it's coming back up again and in those times where it's going up and down 
when it's been up, it's been present in certain um, cultures. And there have been people who have been working with this energy. You could say like the priests and priestesses of Sarah, for want of a better description. And they are the ones that are waking up to her now and going, there's also people who feel they are aspects of Sarah. And, you know, that's quite that's quite possible. Yeshua came here and he sort of did it all in in one thing. But what we need now is not we don't need one person sort of doing it all. We need to do it. So it's quite possible that because because I mean, I had this vision of my higher self once and it was so massive. It was like I couldn't really get my head around it and also the divine i mean it's just like our poor little brains we can't really imagine how huge we are it's a bit too big isn't it so for sarah to take a tiny bit of herself and split it up into a million people is really quite possible i mean Mm -hmm. this is not beyond the realms of imagination and i think there's a lot of sarah aspects out there some of them are conscious of it some of them aren't but they're all helping ground the energy because there's a huge split we need to get over between where we are now and this integrated consciousness of where we're going. And it's like, it's like a physical layer in the earth as well. And so that's a lot of where we're about to go and where we'll be working with Sarah's um, flame of divinity in, in May. We are working with the violet flame grounding that in Glastonbury last year. And then the next thing is to bring in this next aspect of the flame. And then the year after that, it will be the green energy which is actually embodied in Malta at the moment <laughs> just just throw that in because uh, I just love to mention that because it's just oh I love Malta I just love that now I is that it. is that another volcanic is that um is Malta a volcanic island is it I think it might be I can't remember I can't remember actually it's been too long since I read it and things only stay in my brain for about two seconds <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if it is or isn't but uh yeah, yeah. suddenly popped in my head right. yeah so lots happening. so really now you're for me you're getting really into your work and I think yeah. that that you know people can it's a really good stepping stone now isn't it for people to go into your website that there is so much free content you put out there and you're really generous with that and there's it, you know for anyone coming across your work now like I did um there's just so much to dive into, isn't there? Yeah. And you've written a, a little book. I have. I've got. Which Sarah's, I have to confess, I haven't read it. I really want. It's available on, on Amazon worldwide <laughs> as a Kindle and as a paper book. Must get that book. Paper sounds book. lovely. Yeah, and like so, like my my life at the moment is like I'm teaching. Um. So from all these years of working with Sarah's energy, I've put together with Sarah a actual like healing system which you get initiations like Reiki. So I'm teaching that once a month. So exciting. Yeah. I'm working on Patreon. Um, I have Sarah's Ascension Pathway. She gave me like a 12-step program to embodied ascension. (laughs) This is the second year I've worked with the material now. And then next year will be the third year and I will write it up into a book. So what what my vision is as I, you know, because I... Because someone said to me, how do you do it today? She said, how do you do everything that you do? Well, it's because I've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> so a yeah. lot of what I'm doing, it's had like 15 years yeah. preparation. I haven't suddenly developed this material overnight. And a lot of it is only just starting to see the surface 
now. So I'm hoping that, I mean, the reason I put out so much free stuff is because people don't know who Sarah is. So they're not looking for her. How are they going to find her? You know, I'm charging for someone's no one ever heard of. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, on that note, do you can you recommend if you know people are like, oh, who is who is this ascended master Sarah? Is there any books that you would uh, tell people to read? Or I mean, there's um, there's a blog on my website, yeah, with an article, sixteen books about that mention Sarah. Oh, amazing! <laughs> there we go. Check that out. I'm yeah. going to check that out. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a that's a that's a good place. Um, to have a look and see which ones sort of vibrate as you as you look at it um I mean yeah. you've got the classic the classic watch the da Vinci code <laughs> yeah and that's it that's it. I mean that's, that's on start. there that's on there because that is where you know it's sort you know, of went about out. it just watch the da Vinci code and then because you definitely get the vibration of that divine feminine energy don't yeah. you and then it's spread out through the media from that I remember when I watched yeah. that film I was like oh this is just magic I mean yeah you know and also Kathleen McGowan as well I mean she is also like put out these things and and it's just growing I mean I I see Sarah and like because people say oh you say Sarah don't you and how do you spell it and I say well the thing is to me she's she doesn't have a name she comes to me as an energy and I yeah and the names it doesn't matter I don't have I don't actually have an attachment to a certain name or I think they're all great (laughs) to be honest and I and I and I love all the different stories and myths and more of them are growing up now around her and I think it's beautiful because they all speak a divine truth and yeah you know I I don't think anyone should really look for concrete things around Sarah like in a historical sense because what does it what does it matter actually you know that this person has written this that Sarah died this way and someone else has said no no that's completely wrong it happened like this just be with all of them you know, I know that's sort yeah. of very Jungian psychoanalytical of me, but but that's how I feel about it. It's like allow the beauty of each possibility to tell you a different thing about Sarah because they all tell you something about her. That's fantastic. So just very quickly, what's your connection to Mr. Jung? <laughs> <laughs> I know because you've already told me. <laughs> My husband is a Jungian psychoanalyst. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it when I heard that. I was like, oh, ex-psychiatric nurse, Jungian analyst. And where did you meet? <laughs> we met at the Fintorn Foundation in Scotland. Yeah. Amazing. I went there. I went there. I got a, someone did a reading for me in Glastonbury. And they said to me, because I said, please tell me what to do next. I don't know what to do. And they said to me, you do know what to do. Just go and sit down and really think about it. And I sat down and I really thought about it. And I thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. And then I went, oh, I've always, what, what one thing have I not done that I've always wanted to do? Ever since I read about Findhorn, I had this massive zzz. I knew I had to go there. So that's it. So I booked myself on a trip there. And yeah, I so didn't want to meet a man. And found a husband. I didn't want a husband. I was so I'd so had no. enough of men and relationships and I was so ready for being on my own and that so didn't work out for me. 
And that's why you're in Denmark, right? <laughs> that is why I'm in Denmark. Yeah. And, you know, I still feel a bit double about it because I, I do miss the UK. I do miss being surrounded by people who speak English as a first language. Yeah. I have found Danish very difficult to learn. I can imagine. And I can read news articles and things like that. I can manage in shops. But under no circumstances can we imagine that I'm fluent in Danish. And, yeah. you know, I struggle. You know, we have a child with special needs and we have regular multidisciplinary professional team meetings that are all held in Danish oh in Danish oh my goodness because they can't manage they can't sit and do it in English I mean like one-to-one people certain people can but a lot of people can't but on the uh, but on the whole we manage like if they speak in Danish and I speak in English um yeah it goes all right but when they all start talking together the problem is they all talk at top speed yeah and you know what I often say to people is you don't realise if you were sitting in the UK with me and all my English cohorts, you wouldn't understand us either. You don't realise, people don't realise how much I slow my language down so they understand me. I have to strip out a lot of colloquialisms yeah. because a lot you don't realise the way you yeah. speak. Foreigners yeah. have no understanding of what you're on about because we yeah. we talk so much in colloquialisms. Yeah. Um, so, Two peas in a pod or... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All the little sayings and yeah. yeah. So I've had to, and I really like speaking English. So I've had to lose a lot of my, you know, native tongue. But I mean, I, but I mean, on the other hand, you know, it's like the scales, isn't it? On the other hand, I live in a town where there's all these natural sacred springs yeah. coming up everywhere. I mean, it's just incredible place to live. I love all the growhoys, you know, all the dolmens and I've also got another way of working out of being here because I'm training as a Saithkona, which is a Nordic shaman, wise woman, witch person. And I love it. I've so had a past life working with runes and all of this stuff. And the funny thing is, I think Sarah has as well. I get these visions. Yeah, I get these visions of her being a forest witch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, surrounded by beech trees. And the funny thing is, other people have as well, like completely independently of me. There was this Dutch guy I was working with, and he said, Oh, what do you think of this? I did your exercise and I saw Sarah in green wool dress surrounded in a, by a beech forest with a wolf with her. And I just yeah. went, That's so Scandinavian. Oh my God. Or Baltic, you know, that whole area. It just feels like. Yeah feels you know I really feel her and of course why should she have been an an Arab or a Jew or whatever in all of her lifetimes of course she wouldn't have of course she wouldn't have been so I think I can make a dubious claim (laughs) that and also somebody wrote to me what says this lovely spring in Roskilde called St Hans Spring which is actually um, the Danish name for St John the Baptist but I feel like it's Sarah's spring it has this total Sarah energy there yeah I and you know I have another page on Facebook called the Sacred Springs of Roskilde and I share these pictures and someone wrote on there once and said and it's too long ago now I can't find out who it was but she said on there and this is before I it even entered my head I was like oh don't be silly but she said do you think Sarah could have been a Viking because I had this vision of her sailing sailing around and all and I was like no (laughs) and then and then actually 
I started having that vision in my, in my own way, not yeah. so much as a Viking, perhaps, but in an earlier time, yeah. the Viking area came quite late, actually. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to do another interview on that, actually, uh, as as um, exploring that aspect of Sarah and um, you know the Forest Witch and that kind of Nordic associations and everything that you've learned from the landscape that you're in and I think there's a lot about that let's do that so exciting yeah because I have a lot to say about it I know you do (laughs) I know you do and you need to get it out so um yeah yeah, if we do decide to do another one of these I think that would be a really good a really good place to explore yeah but um if, if people want to come along and see what I'm doing I mean on Facebook we have um Sarah's sacred healing group like on Sunday we're doing a free healing and we do that every every, yeah every thank you we do that every two months yeah and the the other month in between I do like a zoom call where we do like a healing intensive yeah Um, and if you you know come along to the group you can find out all these things if you want to know what's coming up the best way is to sign up for my newsletter which is on my um website at the bottom you can you can sign up there but because people say you know sometimes they can't keep up with me because I have things on Patreon and I have things here and I have things there I know it is a bit difficult but if you sign up for my newsletter it all you know all the information that's a good idea yeah yeah yeah. and I think it's I think with your there's so much about your offer that you can just dip into you can just do like the the free healings if you want right up to subscribing and becoming a member and actually taking your training courses so there's a there's a, something for everyone I think isn't there I think so I think so because because I I do a mentorship program with people as well because Sarah is just such a powerful healing um, yeah. and empowering presence to work with and that is the only way to work with me one-to-one really these days and that is so people sort of enter into doing a monthly thing and I offer a much cheaper rate I I do I do do one-to-one sessions but I charge a lot a lot more for them now because I'm just so busy doing all the Greek work and I'm writing another book in March and do you know what I mean I have like it's just yeah I don't want to use up that bit of energy that I have for 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 that individual thing when I need it to give it I feel like I need to give it out so you know I'm training other people to be Sarah healers and things now and then I'm advertising them they're the ones you know come and get healing with them because they're fantastic you know and and that's that's what I want to do I sort of want to train other people to sort of go out there and because she's there for all of us she's it's not just me that can connect with her. There's all these other people and we're like this huge Sarah circle. It's just fantastic. Beautiful. And isn't that wonderful when you've actually spent, you know, like all those years and then through experientially putting this healing modality together and for it to be finished and for it to literally just like give birth to it and go like, that's it, let go. It's amazing. And the energies are phenomenal. They are absolutely absolutely phenomenal I mean you feel like you feel like you're physically being lifted up into your higher self and like all these light cells are like coming down into your physical body and then you're bringing it all back in and then Sarah like weaves it all into the earth plane and it's just like and 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 it's just such a joy for me because like I mean I can only teach seven people at a time in it because I have to give everyone like an individual like initiation 
but the 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 incredible feedback they all feel it as well and it's yeah, just brilliant yeah. they're going oh my god I've never felt anything like this before and I was like and it's just brilliant because when it's just me saying it I feel like a lone voice going it yeah. is really good honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you need, people need to go out and do it don't they they need to experience yeah. it um then it's it's about the modality not so much about you the person it's yeah. it's something you've clearly just had the privilege to be to be you know um I don't know the word endowed with yeah 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 I I feel like I'm a part of something greater you know and um it's just it's just fantastic to be yeah like a torchbearer that other people can come along like their flame from because a lot of people have said that after working with me or doing the class, because there's loads of really great classes on the website, that their connection with Sarah was just so much clearer. So, yeah. um, I mean, I do feel, and I've had, I mean, this has been told to me quite a few times and um, it has sort of come to me like in in ways where I'm not just thinking it, but I, I do feel I have like a DNA connection to Sarah. And I do feel yeah. like that is one of the reasons why I'm such a clear channel for her energy I don't feel like I'm her because I think because like we work in so partnership we work in partnership together if I was her I think that would get really confusing I don't think it would be a good working relationship no that's never never come across um yeah Yeah. but I think I I think there's certain genetic things in my family line that make it yeah make me a good person and technologically able to like light other people's flames and yeah, yeah. like I said I've got this electromagnetic thing that goes on where people can just like use me as a bridge you know there's something I think there's something in that isn't there above this handed down it being a generational ancestral being you know maybe it comes through the maternal lineage I don't know but you do do quite you do do some great stuff on working with ancestors oh yeah um, there's a couple of meditations you've done that are absolutely incredible and I really advise people to check that out so um I mean I've got to say Rachel your work is so diverse it encompasses so many different aspects yeah it just really nicely fits together in a really um embodied way yeah I think that word embodied yeah and I just had this real image of Sarah as the weaver then as you yeah. were saying yeah. and I could see her on a loom yeah oh we- I love that I love now that. that really connects with this Nordic tradition of, we- the Norns, of weaving it's the Norns the Norns are the weavers so we'll get onto that we'll get onto that because I can tell you can some amazing stories about that okay because that just yeah. came through really 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 clearly as a an image there so yeah so we'll we'll leave we'll leave on that note because like yeah. that's really beautiful energy. To it is, isn't it? Finish with and then for us to start our next our next one. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been amazing to connect with you today. Thank you for sharing so openly. Um, I hope people enjoy this as much as I've enjoyed getting to know you and hearing your story. I think what what it hopefully will do is when you go and explore Rachel's work, it will give you a deeper connection. Yeah. with it just knowing yeah. more about you and your life yeah and also like because Sarah's work it's all about us finding our own soul essence and that we're divine so it's about us realizing 
oh my god I'm the divine so she wants to take us home each of us to take us home to ourselves it's not so much she wants to take us to her she wants her to take us to us yeah (laughs) that's a beautiful message actually to end it on isn't it yeah well thank you very much for interviewing me so nicely oh I'm glad it was okay I was like I don't know what I have no idea what how or where this is going to go but I do always trust my conversations are going to be I knew it'd be good because I love talking to you so and it's just fun so vice versa yeah that's brilliant so bye everyone we'll be back again yeah bye everyone Bye. bye